Designed to withstand the everyday use of the modern man. Built to endure shocks and bumps using the most premium of materials. I'm talking about SmoothMyBalls.com, the newest sponsor of the Cask and Crow Show. The Turf Chopper 3.0 boosts a precision-engineered blade so you don't have to worry about any nips while the diamond no-slip grip leaves you extra confident. It's super portable, USB chargeable, and did I mention waterproof? It doesn't get any better. Visit www.SmoothMyBalls.com and use the promo code CROW, that's C-R-O-W, for 15% off your order. SmoothMyBalls.com slash CROW. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome to another episode of Cask and Crow, the only show where you won't serve a life sentence for joining the murder. I'm your host, Lord Drew. And I'm Matty Biz. And what's good? We're back on Facebook Live tonight. We got a special show for you tonight. Um, this is why we're going live. We're actually going to be bringing you some of our favorite storylines in comic books. And we actually have the comic books with us, and we wanted to show you it. Yes. To be um, right off the bat, this is not our... You know, top three most. It's there are so many different storylines. <laughs> I, I told him it was like impossible for me to pick three straight ones. We just three. Yeah, we picked three issues each for tonight, and we're gonna be doing another episode where we're actually gonna have other other issues and favorite covers and stuff like that. But tonight we're doing. To three of some of our favorite storylines each. Yes, so nothing changes for the murder listening at home. Uh, you guys are still going to get the podcast as usual, as you always do. But we are on Facebook Live tonight, man. Once in a blue, me and Biz jump up on um, up, up on here and we go on Facebook Live. You can get us at facebook.com slash cask and crow. That's one word. Also, you know how it is. I got to do my shout outs, Biz. Let's do it. Follow our 1853 media brethren, the Sunday shoot at TSS Wrestling on the gram. They talk all different types of sports and, of course, wrestling. Follow Misguided Spirits, one of the official sponsors of the Cask and Crow show, at Drink Misguided on the gram. The Brooklyn Firefly, located at 7003 3rd Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Follow them at the Brooklyn Firefly on the gram. Stop in, grab a pie and a pint, tell them Cask and Crow sent you. And of course, the official sponsor of the Cask and Crow show, Smooth My Balls. Follow them at Smooth My Balls on Instagram. And don't forget to use the promo code CROW, that's C-R-O-W, for 15% off your order. And she will definitely appreciate it. So that's done. That's out of the way. What's up to everybody tuning in on Facebook Live right now? How are, how are you? <laughs> it's been a while since we jumped on Facebook Live. But, but we're glad to be here. Yes, yes, absolutely. So this is going to be an interesting issue today, but before we get into... I said issue because my, yeah, yeah, I, no, no, you know, I, I, you know I got comics on the brain, man. I got comics on the brain because all I've been doing all day was going through my personal collection and pulling out, like I said earlier, not my, this is not in order one, two, three. It's just three of my favorite issues. Stories that you should be reading at home if you appreciate comics. Yes. That's perfectly yeah. said, Biz. Yeah, exactly. Perfectly it, said. It, it, it's stories we enjoy, but not necessarily our top. Yes. And like I said, we're gonna have follow up issue, uh, follow up episodes to this, 
And, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. But before we get into the show, I got some shit I need to get off my chest for the murder, for you guys watching on Facebook Live, and right. even for you, Biz. Here we go. I got some... No, no, for real. <laughs> I, have some, I have some shit I need to say. Let's do it. All right, when... All right, because this is a problem that I've been seeing in Brooklyn, and I'm sure... New York City as a whole, and I don't even go into Manhattan. Like I don't even go into the city at all. Oh, I do. So now I'm really interested. I yeah, I I just there. There's a massive issue that's going on right now, and it's grown men on scooters. Oh, dude, I hate to break this to you. This has been going on for what for like the a fuck decade. is happening, bro? What's happening, bro? Dude, hold I, no, hold on. They they <laughs> this shit pisses me off, dude. And it's not just like I'm not talking mopeds, like the motorized scooters. I'm like, yo, there's electric scooters, and then there's motherfuckers on the kick push razor scooters, and they're grown. I'm talking grown ass men. No, worse than that. Not only just grown ass men. I'm talking about. I've seen people in Manhattan in suits, in yeah, suits I riding mean, listen, these things. Man, when when does this stop? At at because for me, my issue is like I take my bicycle down down by the bridge, down by the Verrazano Bridge here in Brooklyn, and I get my cardio in daily. Right, and, and bicycles have actually been a big thing ever since Corona. Yeah, I, that's a whole other fucking topic of yes. conversation. Yes, but, but you know, I'm down there, and there's people running, exercising, just people walking, strolling like they should, and then you got these motherfuckers on these motor uh, on these electric scooters zipping past you, zipping past people's kids and shit like that. Grown men wearing sandals and shit on electric scooters, and then you got the other grown men. The other fucking goofballs riding around on the fucking Razor scooters. Listen, there has to be an age. There has to be an age. And this shit just pissed me off. And, I, and, and I've been waiting all week to talk about it on Cask and Crow because it's, it pissed me off, bro. Because I'm down there getting my cardio in, right? And this guy flies by me on this fucking electric scooter. I didn't even hear him coming, bro. And he, grown man. There's an age. Exactly. I, I got to say that age is what? I mean, for me... 12? <laughs> def- definitely before you're an adult. Before you can legally buy a beer, you should not be on one of these things. I think way before that. I think 12 years old, unless there's one exception that I would be willing to make. If you're on a scooter, like a Razor scooter, you know, like the metal ones that you just kind of kick and push kind of... A non non-motorized. Yeah. If you're down by the skate park doing some tricks and stuff like that, oh, that that's a whole different story. That's a whole different story. You can, that, that doesn't count. You can. I still don't think you should be a grown man doing that. But if you aren't, but you know, if you're over there, I'm a, you know, I'm gonna let it slide. I'm gonna give you a pass. I'm, I'm actually, you know what? I agree with you on this. Listen, I, like I said, in Manhattan, and I get it. Trying to take a cab or, or even a bike in Manhattan can be kind of rough. But I've seen this I over the even, last 10 years. I can't even imagine what it's like in Manhattan, I, I, dude. I've, I've seen this over the last 10 years. People, businessmen, businessmen on Razor scooters. I've seen this multiple times in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? I just, I just don't get it, man. I mean, maybe in Manhattan, I kind of understand a little bit more. Well, but I mean, it, in it, Brooklyn, and you're on the bike path... And you're down where people are running and jogging and riding their bicycles and stuff like that, getting their exercise in, and you're over there on an electric scooter. There's nothing, grown man. There's no no reason in the world to be on anything motorized down there on a Tuesday by yourself in Jesus sandals riding down. Come on, son! Like the yo that yo there has to be some type of like what happened to you, bro? Which, which I, I, what happened to you, dude? I get that, but you also just brought up another thing, which is a pet peeve of mine over here, and that's. Men openly just wearing sandals when you're not on the beach. <laughs> That's look, what someone look, just said in the chat. Look, look, That's listen, what Richie just said in the chat. Listen, if you're on the beach, all right, I'll give you a little bit of a pass. Yo, I don't even wear. I don't but, even own them, bro. I don't exactly, bro. You know what? I wear to the beach old Jordans. Well, well, well same here. But but you know what? If, if you're if you're on the beach and you got sandals <laughs> as a man, all right, fine. That's okay. Whatever. But I see people all slides, the, slides. Yeah, I see. I see people all the time. Going, I'll give you slides. P- 
going to the friggin' supermarket wearing sandals. Yo, put that shit away. You're not getting a pedicure. Those are some disgusting ass feet. Put it away. Yeah. No one wants to see that shit. You have a thing with exposed man feet, bro. Dude, I'm sorry. I have a thing. Like, I don't want to see anyone's feet. I don't care if it's yeah. man feet, female feet. I'm sorry. Feet are disgusting. Just in general. Yeah, I, all right? you, you, you really have a thing with... with Dude, the... do you know what happened to me on a train yesterday? Yes, because you told a story a, cu- a couple episodes ago. No, 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 no. I'm talking about yesterday. Oh, okay, as of yesterday. Okay, so I get, I sit down on a train, okay, and one of my stops, I'm one of like the third stop on a train, so not many people are on it when I get on. But the fourth stop, dude gets on, sits right next to me, and he starts eating his his uh, his breakfast, his bacon, egg, and cheese, whatever the hell it was. I don't okay. even know. So no mask, no whatever. So he's just eating it. Drinking his drink, burping right next to me. So already I'm like, you know, I kind of want to just smack this motherfucker just because, yeah, right? You should have stirred it up a little bit. Now to make it, just to, just to boggle my, my mind more, once he's done with his breakfast, he goes and puts, puts like, you know, a, a bandana around his mouth, puts some like swimming goggles over his face, and then straight puts like a, fa- a, a whole face shield right in front of his face. Now don't get me wrong. Wait, hold on a minute. Goggles, swimming goggles, like 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 straight like eye swimming goggles over his face. Okay, and then puts a full face shield right Mask, in front of it. Swim goggles, face shield. Okay, but it doesn't end there. So I'm already perplexed. Like you were okay five minutes ago, but now you need all of that, right? Oh. But now it gets worse. I don't even know what to say. Now, I don't even know what to say. No, but now it gets worse. Now it gets worse, and this is to the point where I'm looking like, yo, do I need to fucking move? Because all of a sudden, he kicks off both of his sneakers. Let's go. He kicks off both of his sneakers, no fucking socks, and then starts, like, waving his feet around like he's trying to circulate his feet. And I'm think, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, yo, this guy got, like, some kind of diabetes problem or something like that. Was he, like, uh, mentally stable? Maybe he was, like, an EDP? I mean, usually EDPs make a lot of noises and are very vocal. This guy wasn't. He was just... yeah. Being very erratic, like, you know, he couldn't sit still kind of thing. Yeah. He he, he uh he probably had some shit going on over there, Biz. If he was a good idea, you should have moved, man. Okay, but at the same time, put your feet away. This is the train. This is the fucking train. I don't want to He don't want to see it no more. No, and like I said, it's not like a woman where it's pretty feet that she just got manicured and pedicured. No, it's a fucking dude's feet that has just been... Like, <laughs> dude, put that shit away. It is literally fucking 7.30 oh, in the morning. Man. I don't want to fucking see that shit. All right. Can we get into the episode? Because I just had to get some shit off my chest, and I didn't know you had to get some shit off your chest, too. You know what? I didn't know until right now. You brought up feet, I and started, it just set me I, off. I, I, I swear you know, I didn't mean to bring up feet. I just brought up <laughs> scooters and men who, the, who ride them. At the same time, keep your feet covered. No one wants to see that shit. And stop riding scooters as a grown man. Retire it, son. It's done. At a certain age, you know what? Yeah. It's done. You're done. Now, hold on, hold on. Think about it, though. Okay, so let's go one step further. Not as bad as a scooter, but I see it all the time. All the time. Brooklyn, Manhattan, doesn't matter. What about skateboards? I don't mind the skateboards, biz. But we're also talking about motorized skateboards because no one has a no, re- see, no one has a regular skateboard that's anymore. That's not a skateboard. No, no one has that anymore. You do not what, see... What, the ones where, you, where, where, you where they're actually, holding the remote in their hand? No, And I, they're fucking... No, no, no. Like, they're, 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 they're controlling it with their feet. But what I'm saying is it's not like the old school ones where you have to use your feet to actually give you momentum. Oh, I don't know, man. These people are weirdos, dude. I'm sorry. I mean, listen, I get it. I look at it and I'm like, oh, shit. So, no skill. You just have to have balance. Yeah, but it's bullshit. You I have mean, to have skill back in the day to ride Absolutely. Ride That's the thing. Usually, you, you know... You got older, you jumped on a skateboard, or some kids just went straight to the skateboard, skipped the scooter completely. Scooters became really, really popular when I was younger, and everyone had a scooter. I had a scooter too, but guess what happened to me? I became 14. <laughs> so, so, okay, so, so l- l- I started growing hair down there, man, and I got rid of the scooter and picked up a skateboard or a fucking bicycle, and that's how I got around. See, see, now me, I, I didn't have the scooters, okay? I'm a little bit older than you. I didn't have the scooters when I was growing up. Right, no, definitely. But I did, 
I wanted and loved skateboard, right? Uh-huh. So my parents, one Christmas or birthday, whatever it was, I think it was a birthday, actually, they got me a skateboard. And I'm like, awesome. So now summer comes and like, all right, now I'm learning how to like ride it, you know, and don't get me wrong. It's not that hard or anything like that. But I remember I was going down one of my friend's driveways and like just, you know, just doing whatever, going down the driveway, about mm-hmm. to go to the street. And, you know, most driveways, at least in New York, there's that little bump on the curve or whatever like that Always. before you got there because nothing, nothing's level over here. It's just to fuck you, really. It does nothing for the cars. See now, okay, so I hit that I hit that little bump. Yeah, that little be- lip. And because I was still new, it actually threw me off. Okay. I felt yeah. I fell off it, right? Okay. Now here's the thing. The board kept going. Mm-hmm. If that lip didn't knock me off, I would have been getting hit by the car. Because literally two seconds later, oh, fuck. that car went right over my skateboard, yeah, crack, it's cracked not, it right in the middle. That's not cool, man. And literally I'm like maybe like ten years old or something like fuck. that. And I looked at it like yeah, the guy, that's like the cool. guy stopped right away, like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry, but you shouldn't be doing that, you little yeah. fuck." And I'm like, "You know what? Wow, if I did not get knocked off that little lip, I would have just got hit by that car." I'm just glad to and see that. that. I was just like, "You know what? <laughs> fuck it. Let me get on yeah, a bike." I, I don't that's what I'm gonna say. Anymore. I'm just glad to see that you said, "Fuck it, I'm not gonna do this," and didn't be like, "Fuck it, let me get a scooter." <laughs> no. No, I'm sorry. That was a, I, I never got the scooter thing. Again, I'm a little older than your generation. The scooter right. thing always looked really, really pushed to me. My like son really rides did. a scooter. He just turned nine the other day. Guess what happens? His 12th birthday, I'm throwing that shit in the garbage, ah. bro. You're not allowed to ride it no more, son. Well, son, your balls are about you're to get, <laughs> it's, it's over. It's over. It's over. But, yo... To get into the reason why we're here going live tonight, um, before we get into the issues, Busy's got his comics on deck, ready to show you guys. Um, I got some Cask and Crow, I guess merch, I guess gear. I got a dope... Oh, you know, that's actually awesome. Let's get into that. Yeah, I got a dope little Cask and Crow keychain right here. Check that out. It's got our Cask and Crow logo. For you guys listening at home, it will be on Instagram, so you follow us on Instagram at Cask and Crow, and it will be on our Facebook page, um, so you guys can see it for all the members that are murdered listening at home, not tuning into the Facebook Live, which should be, but, so, I'm going to be doing a giveaway on Instagram for that, but for everyone in the chat now, listening and watching, if you would like to get yourselves one of these dope ass cask and crow are it's actually our first piece of merch it, it actually is and we there will be more but this is our first uh, our first attempt there's at it. definitely and honestly, be some it looks more. a hell of a lot better than i thought oh, it was it's going so to. dope man it came out so great so if you guys want to get yourselves one of these dope ass keychains right now for the guys on the on the facebook live chat for the people watching on facebook live if you share this live right now and then comment in the chat that you're done. You'll be entered into a random drawing to get this one right here. I'm only giving away one right now for the Facebook live chat. Share it and then comment on the live that it's done. And I'll randomly select it. It'll be done for free. You won't have to pay shipping, nothing like that. I'm just going to send it over to you. I'm going to uh, message you, give me your address and things like that. And I'll send this right over to you from us. Now, now, for those of you who still want one, we are going to make this available to people. Oh, yeah. That's that's going to be on the IG. Yes. And also... We're I'm going to be giving away a few, actually. We're actually also going to be giving away a little bit more than this. Okay? So, I, I've mentioned this before. I'm pretty sure that I work for a jewelry company. Season of giving, man. Yes. <laughs> you can talk over it. I'll wait for it to dive. <laughs> oh, okay. So... I am actually going to be giving away both a earring set and a necklace from my job. Now, this is going to be retail value of about $1,000. Maybe a little wow, bit more, Wow, bro, what's good? Yeah, I didn't know that. I do. Can I enter into the contest? <laughs> well, maybe your wife can, but you can't. Okay. <laughs> okay. In general, though, um, we're going to be giving this away, and I understand that a lot of our listeners are men, but this is something for your girls and for the you. For you women out there, you might. Oh, want you have a well. sister or a mother, or a grandmother or an auntie. So these details will be coming up soon, but it's actually going to be a little bit longer than just a one-time thing. So it's going to be like you know maybe a two-month thing or something like that. Okay. Putting out, sharing, commenting, and sh- and you know tagging people in there. 
Yeah. But it's going to be over $1,000 worth of merchandise for you guys for free. One hand washes the other and both wash the face, man. You want some free shit? Do the work for us. And one <laughs> finger up the button. <laughs> so can we get into the books, Biz, or you want to uh, keep fucking around let, over here? Let's do it. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first. Let's do it. All right. So I hope you guys, um, now, once again, for you guys listening at home, I'll try to be as descriptive as I possibly can, but you'll be able to get the book and you can look it up and whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? And just one more time, this is not in order of our favorite books. These are just some of our favorite storylines. Yeah. And these are books that you should read at home if you can. This one in particular, man, is actually one of my favorite comic books of all time, man. It's one of, it's, it's one of my favorite books of all time. Raphael number one. Ah, there you so go. it takes so you got some teenage mutant ninja yeah, turtles. Yeah, it's teenage mutant ninja turtles, man. Raphael <laughs> number one. They were doing a four-issue miniseries directly spun off the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics, right? This was made in 1985. A, yo, a little fun fact about this, right? This is a first print, and the first printing is larger than the average comic book size. Oh, by, by a lot, actually. We, we kind of wanted it to put in, like, one of these things that we have to decide over here, but it doesn't even fit. Yeah, it won't even fit in, like, a casing or nothing like that. It's it's strange. It's it's just larger. Um, it's just, I mean, this is actually one of, like I said, it's one of my favorite comic books of all time, man. And, and it also has Casey Jones on the cover yes, right there. Yes, it's actually the first appearance of Casey Jones, is it, dude. Is it? It's the first appearance of Casey Jones, man. First appearance of Casey Jones in comic book form is Raphael number one, 1985. Kevin Eastman, obviously the co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, he did the cover art here for this one. Like he did in most of the issues too, but his 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 art is so dope, dude. It's so dope. Now this book... Really what kind of goes down in this book is it kind of opens up with Raphael. He's kind of sparring with Michelangelo and he loses his temper and he actually goes after him with a fucking wrench and tries to hit him in the head with a wrench. Ah. And this is 1985. This is 1985 Turtles. So it was a lot darker and they, (laughs) they... Use their weapons. They slice and dice shit, yes, man. Yes. They curse sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's pretty... It's, they weren't eating pizza all the time. No, it's and not. And they used their weapons. A lot changed from 85 to 1990. The cartoon. The cartoon. Basically. You know, a lot changed. Um, But this issue is super, super, super dope. Like I said, it's the first of... It's the first appearance... Um, of Casey Jones, and he appears in just like the uh, first movie. Just like showing up, like beating some random people. Yeah, he has the wrong idea about how to about how to handle street justice. And even Raphael with a bad temper, he's kind of like, you're going a little too far, bro. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, and they kind of get, get in some, some type of fucking squabble. You know, well, that's that that's the Marvel formula right there. Like you got to fight your friends at first. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right, right. Casey Jones uh, gets his ass kicked actually by uh, Raph and then he kind of sucker punches him and runs away. And that's really how like the issue ends where Raph's kind of like this motherfucker. He was mad and now he's really <laughs> mad. You know what I'm saying? And it's just this this writing in 1985 for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um was so was so was so dope, and it this particular a, issue, like like just in general, like these old is issues of turtles, man. like the original issues of turtles, was so ahead of their times. Like you know, they were dark and gritty. They weren't like the the, the guys making jokes and eating pizza. Like you know what I'm saying? Oh and, yeah, and, and that's just the amazing part of yeah, the absolutely not. They really weren't, and it's the first appearance of one of my favorite characters that ever. You- that you actually cosplayed. I did. I, I never really cosplayed. I cosplayed once, and it was Casey. And the best part is, as like five oh, minutes yeah. after we walked in, you know, he has a little like New York you know, Comic Con. He has a little fake bat on his shoulder, just like Casey Jones always does. And literally, one of the security guards came over and had to check it out and make sure it wasn't a real bat. Yeah, but remember we walked into fucking April and Baxter oh, Stotman? Oh, yeah, that was also awesome. Just randomly. Randomly, right into, as soon as we walk in the joint, there's a lady dressed as April O'Neil, which was a great cosplay. And then yeah. they had Baxter Stotman, which was also great. Yeah, because it was elaborate. 
Yeah, and and they were like, we need to take a picture together. And they're like, okay, fine, you know. Oh, that's just also part of. Yeah, Con, yeah, no. yeah. But how about you, Biz? What do you got? All right, so the first one, and I've mentioned this many times on the show, um, X Men is my favorite. My favorite comic book series ever. Yes, Busy um, loves himself some very close X Men. Very close Spider Man being a second, but X Men I have to say is my number one, and one of the best storylines I had to go with, and I actually have it signed by the writer Chris Claremont again at, at Comic Con together. Yes, we got that done together. Is Uncanny X Men one forty two and. For those of you at home, this storyline, it, it was actually only two issues, 141 and 142, and it was Days of Future Past. That's which, the book from the movie, man. That's where they got it from. Well, basically, and don't get me wrong, they, they took a lot of liberties on this. But on this storyline, they basically went into a future, a future reality where Sentinels basically ruled. The U.S. government and everyone was just like, mutants need to die. They need to be put into camps, and they need to be culled. It's pretty wild, man. I mean, it really is. Like, I don't know if this would really go down nowadays, but at the time, like, you know, they Sentinels had been in the X-Men since they started, right. but they kind of fell apart, and, like, no one ever touched on it for, like, a couple of decades. Yeah, I remember falling into this type of weird area where they would use them when they were training yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, shit like that. Like, exactly. what are the they? What are they really doing? In the danger room. Yeah. So, so now with this, they brought it to the future where all mutants are put into concentration camps. Yikes! And, and are basically being executed. And the Sentinels also took over the humans as well. Like it was like, no, you can't rule yourselves. Sentinels rules the whole world. And the whole point of it was nah. that they're going to try and send somebody back in time. And they're going to try and change their future. And this actually brought one of a main X-Men character into it. And that is Rachel Summers. Yes. That is the daughter, a, a future possible daughter of Cyclops and Jean Grey. And she became the new Phoenix. And she's been a main character, like a semi-main character in the X-Men universe. Uh, you could ever say since. main character. Yeah, uh, she never got the popularity that a lot of other people did, like, you know, like a Gambit or, or well, like, you know, something like that. Yeah, Gambit's but, fucking awesome. However, she she was Phoenix at one time, and she had mult, she had massive power. She did a lot of different things. She's Cable's possible stepsister. Remember She's, the cover of her first appearance, The Phoenix Has Risen? It's like pink and shit like that. Oh, oh I, I, I own that. I own yeah, that. Yeah, that's a, and, that's a dope cover. I have it too. And, and it's actually it's down here in the studio. Yeah, it's a great cover. They, they went with a whole different thing. She has, and she was a hound. She was actually, that's what they called. She was somebody that hunted other mutants. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And she had scars on her face. And I mean, it went through a whole different thing. And, and, Shit, it, maybe I can call my... Remember last episode I said I wanted to hunt poachers? Yes. Yeah. And not for nothing, just this cover right here, you see the death of Wolverine. Yeah. This, this is a sentinel yeah. ripping him apart. Look and, at that cover. It says... he is the dead. Ep, What does it say? The issue where everyone dies. The, the issue <laughs> where what it everyone says. dies. And, and yeah. one of the things... And this blew people's mind at the time. This is like a uh, late 70s, early 80s issue. Mm-hmm. And they show you tombstones, like, you know, a graveyard where Cyclops is dead. This yeah. one's dead. That one's dead. All your favorite X-Men. McCoy, man, the beast. They're all dead. And it just, at the time, it blew everyone's minds. And this issue is one of, except for, like, first ish, uh, first appearance issues, this is one of the most expensive X-Men issues you can find. That's crazy, man. That's awesome. It's it's in really, really good shape, too, Biz. And, and uh, two years ago, the last, uh, the last Comic-Con that we went to, I got it signed by the writer, Chris Claremont. That signature is awesome right there. Amazing. That's X-Men 142, Yep. by the way. Now, for you guys watching, once again, don't forget to share the uh, live stream and comment done if you want to get yourself... The Cask and Crow keychain, free of charge. I'll send it over. Join the murder. All right, so what do you got for your second issue here? I'm going to go right into mine, man. Let's do it. And, and for you guys listening at, um, at, um, at home, I'm hoping I'm being as descriptive as possible. I'm getting those issue numbers out there so you guys can go look it up, look up the cover, and see what we're talking about and things like and that. And also, also, if you can, there's actually multiple things you can sign up for subscriptions where you can just read the issues and multiple different issues. Yeah. 
definitely go um go ahead and read these and stuff like that absolutely know? so number two on my list which i always feel i i can't really say number two on the list but number two for today's episode this is not in any particular <laughs> order uh, y'all i'm gonna keep beating that dead horse because i i like, like i'm looking at the issues and i'm like this 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 was hard to just pull three for this first issue so we'll be doing this again. it was impossible for me to pick yeah. just three we'll be I doing kept, this again. i kept changing it every five minutes all right but what you got you know how you all you members of the murder know i'm a big giant walking dead fan that is right this he, is he's a Kirkman zombie. Yeah, this is issue number fifty-three, man. This is in mint condition. Issue fifty-three of The Walking Dead. This is the first appearance of Rosita, Eugene, and Abraham, man. I always loved Abraham just as a character. Abraham is one of my general. favorite characters in the whole Walking Dead lore. Like, like he's a badass, but he's a sweetheart at the same time. Yeah, like, he's you know? funny, man. Um, how they depicted him in the show is pretty accurate, and for the most part, that's why I kind of bring up this Walking Dead issue. There'll be more Walking Dead issues in the future, but this one in particular because how they meet in the book is very, very different from how they meet in the show. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, definitely, Glennon. Glenn and Maggie are still back on Herschel's farm and things like that. And these Eugene, um, Abraham and Rosita, they kind of stumble on Herschel's farm while everyone's kind of there, you know, like the gang goes back to kind of inform Maggie and Glenn that Herschel's dead. And, um, that's when they meet them. It's way different from the show. And I feel like I kind of always say that, the books are always better, and I feel like it's, it's because a, they are. I, I know, but I feel like it's a constant thing that everyone always says about like movie, like and the and shows are, and the uh, books whatever. are always better. Well, For I, the most part, they are. Let's put it like actually, I'm I'm gonna change that a little bit. Usually, the books are better. The How, Lord of the Rings movies were fucking good though. Yes, <laughs> much better than the books. See, um, how, there's always an exception. However, I kind of personally feel. Whatever you read or watch first is what you like better. Yeah, I'll buy that. Like, I, I feel like that's just the way it goes. Yeah, with books, it's like with novels and shit, it's a little different because it's however your imagination is. Like, however... And they're usually more descriptive. Yeah, and, they just, and then it's however your mind paints that picture. And then sometimes you see them on the big screen, you're like, oh, man, like, I kind of... Like, Negan is a prime example in The Walking Dead. And this is not shots at Jeffrey Dean because I thought he was awesome, right? But Negan in the book, and I might have said this before in past episodes, I don't know, he's a giant motherfucker, man. Yeah. He's a brooding guy. Jeffrey Dean Morgan... Tall and thin. ...isn't very intimidating looking. Overall, now, no. he nailed the character perfectly, the way he spoke, his mannerisms and things like that, straight out of Robin Kirkman's pages, man, and straight out of Charlie Adlard's pencils, dude. But it's always a little different. I didn't hate Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan by any stretch at all. I liked him a lot. I think most people did. But it's a little different. Abraham... In the comics and in the TV show was pretty spot on. Eugene as well. And Rosita too. Very, very good incarnations from the book to the show. And this storyline right here, what they're going through during this time, issues 50 to like 56, 57, is a really, really good chunk of Walking Dead. And you know, just to touch on what you're saying about like, as far as like, well, what I was at, like between the movies and like, you know, reading a book or something like that. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things for me is the voice in my head. Yeah. Like when I'm reading something and I, I come Especially up with this comics. whole character. Yeah, exactly. I come up with this whole character voice in my head. Mm -hmm. And when I see it like portrayed on like, you know, the screen, it never lives up. I don't know. It just never lives up. Batman, in my head. the animated series lived up for perfectly for oh, me. Oh, it did. I'm sorry. That is canon. Those voice. Yeah, that's voice canon, actors, yeah. canon that's in my head. Yeah, canon in my head. So that really lived up. <laughs> so, what do you got, Biz, for your number, Deuce? So my next one. Oh, okay. I see what you left for last. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so this one here is called Countdown to Infinite Crisis. And I actually have three different uh, signatures on this one. I have it from Phil Jimenez, uh, Jeff Johns, and the artist Ivan Reyes. Jeff Johns, nice pull. Oh, I, he's actually... That's my, huge, dude. He's one of my favorite yeah. writers, honestly. Yeah, same here, man. Uh, especially for DC Comics. Yeah, same here. Now, this issue in general... And I know a couple of people are probably like raising an eyebrow at me right now, but this issue right now, is I did when you first brought it into the studio. Okay, tonight. so it's all about it made me go hmm a very a very like niche character, a small character called Blue Beetle, and now a lot of people right now are looking at me like Blue Beetle. We all know Jamie Reyes. No, it's a guy before Jamie Reyes. Yeah. Now he was in the that the the eighties early nineties Justice League Ted Cord. He came in as the Blue Beetle. And this guy was kind of a joke, okay? Him and Booster Gold would, like, you know, always be doing schemes. He was a joke. He was he was a, a character that was just a throwaway character. But this storyline actually brought it in to where he is that guy that the heroes even show it. Everyone's just like, yeah, okay, whatever, whatever, Ted, whatever, Blue Beetle, like, right. you know, whatever like that. But he uncovers a big story a big like conspiracy that's going on in the government. And that conspiracy is that they're trying to take down the superheroes. They're looking at the justice league and every superhero out there as if it's a threat to the U S government and just the regular people in, in the fucking world. And at the end of this episode, one of his friends that used to actually run the justice league, a guy called Maxwell Lord takes a gun, puts it to his head and said, join us, Ted. You're not a superhero. You're a regular guy in a costume. Right. Join us. Let's take down these super motherfuckers. And he looks at Max Award and just says, no. What the fuck are you doing? Superman, everyone else is going to take you down. And then sh Max Award shoots him in the head. The death of. This, Man. This one issue. Hard right, body, bro. This one issue right here, which only costs a dollar. At the yeah. time, every issue is going for three, four dollars. They just wanted people to read this to understand what they were setting up, and this storyline sets up a year and a half That's of sick. them going through multiple storylines that are amazing to read. It actually goes into Infinite Crisis. This is Countdown to Infinite Crisis. Right. Infinite Crisis actually brings it back to Crisis of Infinite Earths. Big. Big storyline. It was. And, and that storyline was basically... Multiple people die. Multiple universes <laughs> died. Like, like the Crisis on Infinite Earths, man. Th that was basically taking their multiple ver uh, multiverse and crunching it down to one Earth. The death of Supergirl. The death of the Flash. De Barry Allen, yes. Death of multiple... Mad people. Multiple different characters. <laughs> Get marked. And at the end of this storyline, it is the re birth of the multiverse yes so i mean every, which opened the gates for every other reboot yep. in the books that you can think of yes dc wise in, in general it, it 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 was two years i want to say of great storylines from dc and of course they fucked it up by re redoing it in new 52 and rebirth again blah blah, blah the blah. new 52 fucked it yeah we're, we're not going to get into that but i'm going to say right right now for you guys at home this one dollar issue, which right. you can probably still get for a dollar if you actually yeah, look. I don't, I don't, it's I don't know, a, Biz. It's not a big issue. It's not worth much money, right? But what I'm saying is, the story itself was amazing, mm -hmm. and it sparked my interest in DC Comics again. Awesome, dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's awesome. And I think it's pretty cool that they chose the Blue Beetle to be that martyr. Which, by the way, by the way, this storyline also introduces because right after Ted Cord's death Jamie Reyes who is the new be uh, Blue Beetle gets introduced in the upcoming series that right after this right so it actually goes into someone who's a fan favorite people love Jamie Reyes yeah so Still, it actually yeah it actually brings that up so I'm telling you right now start with this issue and if you do not like this issue then you do not like good stories <laughs> okay I'm there sorry there you go putting it out there I'm sorry I'm sorry whipping it out put it on the table biz no, no, really? no, 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 don't really <laughs> put it on the table. But no, I was saying, I think it's cool that they chose the Blue Beetle to be the martyr there because he's a normal cat. And so is Batman, but 
the Blue Beetle never commanded as much respect as the Dark Knight did. He, he was he was D level Batman. That's yeah. exactly what he was. Yeah. He yeah. was D level Batman. Yeah. But they they killed him and redeemed him in the same time. And I'm sorry, I, I'm one of those people that hate killing a character and recasting it as somebody else. But this one right here, they killed a character and redeemed him and made it worthy. Like I'm sorry, it, it actually made me right. it made me like the character. Well, he was I, a martyr, like I said. Yes, exactly. But making someone love a character that was hated, even if you're killing him, mm-hmm. great story writing, and that's why I like I love Geoff Johns. Maddie saved the big guns for for last, man. I'm sitting here at the table right now looking across from it. And I, you know, I can see it. You guys, uh, you might be able to get a little bit of a, of a, <laughs> of a glimpse if you're on Facebook Live. I'm, I'm sure you guys, fans see it I'm sure you know. guys can see what um, what it is. Mine's not as big as that, but it's big for me, man. It's uh, it's so my last issue for tonight is a big book for me. It's Batman six thirty eight. Batman 638. I'm just giving the guys on Facebook Live a second to look at that right now. It's a dope-ass cover. Matt Wagner, baby. Dope-ass cover. This came out in May 2005. It's technically... um, It's a huge book for me because you guys know I'm a huge Red Hood fan. Uh, He's my favorite character in the Batman mythos, the Batman lore. I say it all the time. I got him right here on my mic. Um... I got his pop back there. So, you know, I got I got the death of Jason Todd back he's there. He's sitting right and roll on his mic. Yeah, I mean, he's he's my all-time favorite character. Has been since I was a kid. But um, first of all, this cover's ill. This Matt Wagner cover is crazy. I never even knew how much of a fan of Matt Wagner I was. Okay. Until I started doing some more homework. He's done a lot of good work. He's done a lot of Batman covers, bro. A I'm talking a fuck ton of Batman covers. Especially like the the, the mid-2000s, around around this time. Yeah, Yeah. man. And a lot of Green Arrow, some Wonder Woman, some Superman. All DC shit for the the most part. um, But his best ones are the non-powered ones. Like, he he does... um, hometown hero very well yeah 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 yeah. this issue in particular batman 638 is cool because multiple reasons right now first and foremost it influenced one of my favorite animated movies of all time under the red hood now you can't get under the red hood without this issue yep you know what i'm saying this is the storyline more or less they they stay very very close but this plays onto what i was saying earlier about books being better than movies. Now, you you know, I've said it a hundred times before, and members of the murder know Under the Red Hood is one of my favorite, favorite animated movies of all time. But this, but this in particular story is so wild. This in particular issue, there's a Mr. Freeze cameo, right? So right then and there, why they didn't put Mr. Freeze in Under the Red Hood for a split second? I don't know why, but it would have made the movie this that much better. They, they were trying to go more. They're trying to go more with the Jason Todd. You didn't need it. Overall. I get it. You didn't need it in the story here either. No, no. But but you, they were trying to throw it off. They were showing you how how much the how much like the Black Mask was. He was Red Hood was putting so much of a stranglehold on his business that he was looking to hire people to kill this motherfucker. Yeah, and he paid. Uh, Mr. Freeze to get an upgrade in all of his armor. It was crazy. Just to take this guy out. Just take him out. And of course, it didn't work because it's Jason Todd, trained by the best of all time. Two you of know, the best. Two of the best of all time. You know, you're not going to beat him. But um, there's a Mr. Freeze cameo. That's why I love this episode. I also, I'm a big time Mr. Freeze fan. So s- seeing him in this issue was big for me. Um, I also wanted to bring it up to. Now, on this episode, because the Teen Titans Season 3 trailer just dropped the other day. You were just telling me about this. And this is pretty dope. It hit the internet, and it was huge. Um, 
because the Red Hood's going to be in <laughs> season three of the Teen Titans. Okay. All right. And that, that, that's a big drop. They show him. Now, that's for a whole nother conversation. I'm not going to get into that right now on this episode of Cast and Crow or this live stream. I'm not going to get into it right now. Um, I'm going to say I don't hate it, how he looks. I don't hate it. That's all I'll say. We'll get into that. Maybe, but you don't love it. Maybe next episode. Yeah, we'll get into it next time. We'll get into it next so, time. So, um, why I bring it up is because it's dope. Because at the end of that trailer, which if you haven't seen the trailer, go watch it. It's going to be... This shit's going to be good, man. Fucking season three is going to be good. All right. But if you haven't watched that trailer, at the end of that trailer, there's shot for shot, you see basically an exact replica of the last couple pages of this issue, Batman 638. And it's Jason Todd at a carnival beating the shit out of the Joker. And right last page... Right when the Joker asks him who he is, he takes off the Red Hood and he reveals himself as Jason Todd. So this is the first time that comic book readers got to see Jason Todd as the Red Hood. And I thought that was dope. And the storyline is so ill. There's so much history here. And there's so much about what's been going on right now in pop culture um, with movies and shows and things like that, that the Red Hood's starting to become very, very, very popular. So if you haven't read this issue, go online and buy it or whatever you do to read your issues. I ain't going to you know, tell you what to do. Yeah, of course. But read, read this storyline. It's super, super dope and super relevant to what's going on right now. Also, j just another little tidbit. Um, he, Jason Todd was one of those characters for a long time that DC Comics or just the comic book industry in general looked at as, no, they're dead. They're not coming back. And then they brought him back and people loved it. Like the way they brought him back as the Red Hood people, just the comic fans loved it. Yeah, they did it great. it's, you know, it's crazy with the Red Hood. They voted for Jason Todd to be dead, but they didn't expect... What was it, 15 years later? It was like 15, 20 years later, yeah. That he would come back as one of the most badass characters in DC. And and, and it just goes to show that a character that no one cared about, you get a, the right writer to yeah. bring him back and reinvent him, and look what happened. He's now a mainstay yeah. in the Batman universe, and you cannot bring him away. Yeah, he's part of the Bat family, no doubt. You got the death of Jason Todd right back there. Actually, you knows. do. You do. He has it graded right there. Yeah. So for you guys listening, read that now. Yeah, that is definitely a great storyline to read. That wraps up my issues for the, now, for the night. For the night. We have a lot more. Now, I, I'm saving this one right here. This is probably one of the most expensive issues I actually own. I would say it's... I would say it's one of the most expensive issues that... Uh, Mostly because the condition. I, I, I have things that if they were in, in perfect condition would probably be more, but this is a great condition issue. This is Amazing Spider-Man 300. This is the first full appearance of Venom. And Don't get it confused because people, people confuse it, Biz. Now, don't get me wrong. We have right over here Secret Wars number eight. It's the first inch, and technically, this is the first. I ain't, gonna, I ain't gonna take it down. No, don't take it down. It's up but there. It's technically the first appearance. It's the first appearance of the black costume, the symbiote. Yeah. But no one knew, especially at the time, that it was going to become this. Now, also, let's put into it that this is one of the most iconic covers that Spider-Man has ever had. No doubt. This is Todd McFalling art. Yes, it is. Which is one of my personal favorite artists that ever existed in comic book world. Same here, bro. I mean, uh, that's... You know, th this is the guy that invented Spawn. Let's yes. Just put, and he designed Ven... I mean, he didn't des design the costume, but he created Venom. Best cape in the business, too. Yes, exactly. Best cape in the business. Definitely. Um... And one of the best things about this, not only is just the introduction of Venom, Venom was so, he was the opposite of Spider-Man. He was the person that could negate his, his spider sense. He could just camouflage himself. But not only that, because he had the symbiote, he was, the, he was his arch nemesis because he knew who he was. Yep. And in this issue, in this issue, he starts it off by frightening the fuck out of Mary Jane. Mm -hmm. He gets introduced. I remember this. 
an issue before the very last panels and also this one goes into Mary Jane goes home in their apartment and she goes into the bathroom like she hears something she's like hey Peter is that you she opens the door and you know she sees like the the white eyes from the black costume mm-hmm. she's like hey what's going on Peter and all all of a sudden the little the tongue smi- the little the smile, smile comes the out the big teeth and he was the one guy Eddie Brock and Venom was the one guy other than Norman Osborn who knew who Peter Parker was and can terrorize him and his family every single way. Mm-hmm. And he did it, and it was something that changed Spider-Man for a long time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was also bigger, stronger, faster. I mean, he all was, that fun stuff. He was, you know? be- he was better than Spider-Man in every way other than he was a dick. Yeah, like, he, You know what I'm saying? Other than his... Compassionate, so he didn't have a co- yes. he didn't he didn't have a compassionate side well, when they first wrote when, when they when first they wrote, first wrote him, yeah yes. I had to correct myself right real quick Biz is about to sl- slice me B- because somehow you know, he's gonna pull out a fucking sword well, or something because you know what a couple of years later people love Venom so much that they actually made him an antihero right, like you right, know right. what I'm saying but still this is one of my favorite issues not only for the cover and we're it's one get, of my favorite issues too Biz and we're gonna get into covers at another time and I won't be able to bring this out again. But yeah, once you use it, you can't use it again. No, no, not at all. But not only, like, no one drew Spider-Man like Todd McFalling did. Yeah. He drew him in weird positions and, and made him very agile. And it just, this is the mo- one of the most redone covers ever. I got a Spider-Man tattooed on me, and it's a, and it's a McFarlane Spider-Man. <laughs> it's the only Spider-Man you can do. I mean, yeah, he's the best Spider-Man artist. And, and honestly, um, one of the things I love the most, um, when, when Spawn came out with their, uh, I want to say, 200th cover, and it actually... Big wig issue right here, man. And it actually became the, the longest independent... Um, series ever. That's what Spawn is. He actually... Re- oh, is that factual? Factual. Longest independent uh, series ever? Longest independent comic series ever yeah. is Spawn. Yeah. Um, he redid, and there's a million... They, they, he, they did like a hundred different like covers for this issue, but he redid this as Spawn. Oh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. just in general, I had this... Like, Homaging your own cover, like <laughs> that's fucking awesome. He did it uh, in multiple variants for the Spawn too. There was that one, and then there was one with um, without the three hundreds written. Uh, you know, like it was just oh, yeah, kind of yeah. that, like with the circle, yeah, no, no, no. and this, shit like that. This cover has been redone so many times because he did reinvent art for the comic book industry. What make this so special? For me, what makes this so special for me, this this issue, and I could speak on it because it's one of my personal favorites too, is it spawned, no pun intended, ah. such a dope storyline, and it spawned another character that's so awesome and one of, and one yep. of my favorites in Carnage. Yep. And exactly. that whole storyline between Spider-Man and Venom and then Carnage becoming and then Cletus Cassidy and then them having to team up to take out Carnage and Peter kind of pulls the fucking ultimate it's the ultimate team up the ultimate team up and pulls the ultimate fucking like gotcha got him on Venom you know what I'm saying and it's just it's so crazy we got the uh yeah, this issue yeah, is going to be crazy there you go. That, that, that's uh, actually the first issue of Carnage that's the first appearance of Carnage yeah and that's a great grade too man but I mean, it's just I, I, one of these crazy things, like th- that spawned this, you know. Well, that's this a, is issue three sixty one, really. That, so that's a beautiful thing. Like, okay, you can go into like TV shows or even cartoons and stuff like that, and yes, they evolve as they go on through the years. But nothing evolves as much as a comic book. Right here, there are sixty one issues between yep. the, the the first appearance of Venom and the first appearance of Carnage. That's the reason why now, I bring it up. You now, know? and now in general, that's about like five six years, twelve issues a year. You know what I'm saying? That's like one issue a month, twelve issues a year. That's usually how it goes. So there's years in between. Didn't these. feel like it though. No, it doesn't. But just in general, that's the way it goes for people at home listening that don't understand exactly how comic books come out. There are years, 61 issues. That's uh, 61 times times 12. Um, I don't know. Don't fucking look at me. Uh, whatever. You're talking about <laughs> You're talking about at least seven years in between. 
and you see the progression, and that's what I love seeing. Like different writers take it on, and they they morph it, and it's just a beautiful thing. Yes, it really is, man. I think these are some strong issues here, but Busy also has a little bit of a, of a surprise. So as I was looking through, and I mean, I knew I had them, but I completely forgot where they were, and I just happened to get them. So back in the 90s, when the Spider-Man uh, animated series was out, right? Spider-Man had four four different... Sorry, I knocked something over That's there. That's all right. Spider-Man had four different series out. You know, you had the Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, Web of Spider-Man, and just straight Spider-Man, right? So they one month, they decided to, to advertise for the animated series, and they had some poly bag covers for each one. And I came across these, and I actually have the animated cells for each one of those issues. And I don't know. I personally just love seeing it, and I, I should get these framed and put them up. It's just awesome to see. I don't know if these are actually worth anything or not. I actually have to look it up. But just on a personal level, I love seeing these things. Nah, man, these animation cells are crazy, dude. And right here, of course, we have to end it with the an with the the Venom vs. Spider. Yeah, right man. There, these should be hanging. I on hope my you guys wall. can see I'm gonna that. Have to do I'm something. gonna I'm gonna put pictures of those up on our Facebook page for you guys, so you can see those yeah, are. I'm sure the video doesn't do it justice. Yeah, and for you guys listening at home, you can go back and uh, check out our Facebook page, and you can see. Those are original animation cells, man, from the 90s. It's so dope that Maddie actually has those. Those are the first time I'm seeing that. It's one of those like I've little never seen things. those before. It's one of those little things that, I mean, it might not be worth anything because they were so mass produced, but I don't think many people still have No, these. it's so and dope. I've, and we're going to get those framed, buddy. I mean, look, I've had these in this same plastic that's that's dirty and yeah, <laughs> whatever but forever. The, but the cell itself is in great shape. Of, of course. Square and, edges and crystal clear. Oh, yeah, no, per perfect. I've kept these since, literally since I was like 12 years old. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm yeah, not even, that's, that's fucking maybe awesome, 14, dude. maybe 14. That's awesome, dude. That really is awesome, man. So, but anyway... For you guys listening, check out all those issues. And don't forget, I mean, definitely check them out and give them a read. But also don't forget to share this uh, share this uh, live feed. Yeah, share Com the live stream right now if you guys comment are hanging out in the chat. It. Share it and then comment done so I can enter you in and you get yourself a free keychain. And don't worry for you members mm -hmm. of the murder listening at home. I will do another giveaway on our Instagram so you can get us on our Instagram at Cask and Crow. One word on our Instagram. I'll be doing a giveaway. I'm going to give away a few of them. So you guys will have opportunity there. I'll talk about all the rules and stuff like that on the gram so you guys can read it and you guys can handle that how, however you want to handle that. Get in of there. Course. Get involved. It's free, man. It's no, it ain't going to cost you a dime. And also, Not shipping or nothing. Also, we're actually kind of... Actually, kind of also interested in seeing if you guys are interested in more stuff. If you guys want shirts and stuff like that, let us know and we'll make yeah, it happen. Yeah. Yes. It's going to happen, Biz. It's going to happen. Thank you guys for chilling in the live. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on Facebook Live for the members of the murder. Until next week, stay safe. Happy 4th of July, baby. Love you. Happy 4th. Stay safe. Don't blow your arms off. I'm your host, Lord Drew. I'm Matty Biz. Thanks for listening. We love you. I'm an outlaw, baby. I'm an outlaw, baby. I'm an outlaw, baby. And you ain't never gonna bring me in.
a collection of outcasts, wonderlust, and happily discontent. Inspired by the rogues of earlier times who organized the misguided and gave them a voice, a community, and a stiff drink. For those who enjoy questionable decisions, join the misguided. We don't plan on saving the world, but we may save your neighborhood one corner bar at a time. Now let's get on with the show. <laughs> 